but back then it was a little taboo like you couldn't admit that you got Botox you know mm. you so, finally said it everyone the b word yes it. <laughs> it's Botox that we're talking about it is, it is. Are you over 40? Do you feel like you're stuck? Maybe you've always had this knowing that you're meant to do more. Well, on the other side of fear is exhilaration. Your life has purpose. You were born to make an impact. Dear Midlife is about triumphing over life's adversities together and empowering women over 40 to navigate with strength and courage all of the messiness of life. Hi, I'm Shelby Bybee, karaoke party queen, full-time single mother of two teenage girls, world traveler, and an extrovert to a fault. And I'm Trinity Greenfield, a wild-haired little girl living in a grown woman's body that's still full of spunk, charm, and sass with a sprinkle of some black girl magic. We are both a work in progress, and together we are here to link arms with you as we make it our mission to be our best selves and share tips, tricks, and expert advice through no-holds-barred conversations for navigating the ups and downs that come with living life in the middle. Bree Collins is the owner of BCRN Aesthetics, one of Houston's leading advanced aesthetic injectors. Bree is a registered nurse and uses her experience and extensive training in leading her team to be one of the best in the industry for natural and believable injectable services. BCRN Aesthetics is always evolving and leverages the newest procedures with a team's dedication to education, medical training, and friendly personalities to make the services and professionalism this med spa offers highly sought after in the Houston area. Brie is not only an entrepreneur, but also embarking on midlife motherhood. Please join us as Brie shares her journey to being one of the leading industry providers in injectable services and provides us key tips for using these techniques safely to look and feel our best. Without further ado, let's welcome our guest, Brie Collins. Thank you so much, Brie. All right. Welcome, Brie. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. We are so thrilled to have you, and there's just so much to unpack with your journey. So maybe you can just step us back a little bit and help us share with us a little bit about your journey as a female, as an in midlife, as an entrepreneur, and soon to be mom. Um, tell us all of the things. Absolutely. So I am 41. I just turned 41 in January, um, and I am pregnant, eight months pregnant. Wow. With my third baby. Um, and I say third baby lightly because my other two children are 19 and 22 years old. So they are both in college and this You're is starting crazy. over. Yes. The whole sidebar conversation, because I'm totally curious to know, you know, as you go in with your story, how you came to that decision too. Yes. I guess I'll just start from the beginning. I got married super young. I was 18, had my first one, had my second one at 21 divorced, kind of swore I was never getting married again. And then, you know, life happens and and met the love of my life at 33. And we got married at 35. We really never discussed having more children. Like he just was fine with, with my two. And we were just living that family life. And then we got pregnant in 2019, which mm-hmm. sort of just sparked this like, oh, wow. Okay, well, let's do this. Ended up with two miscarriages that year. And so that was super 
traumatic and mm-hmm. scary. And, um, you know, as at that time I was 38, I guess. And it's hard as a female to think like your body is not working the way that it's yeah. supposed to or meant to, regardless of your age, you're like, what is happening? I've done this twice. Why is this happening? So prompted us to seek out IVF and, um, we did. And we had about a two and a half year journey of IVF, which is extremely emotional, um, and financially just, you know, a lot, but we're super excited to be eight months, eight months into this pregnancy. Um, and this will be his first baby. So he's super excited to become a dad. And my two older ones are excited to have, you know, a younger brother and but it really is starting over. So I think I said before that, you know, having or being pregnant at 41 versus 18 and 21 is very different. It's been the biggest, biggest kind of eye-opening experience for you that you was kind of unsuspected. Yeah. I think that I just don't, I don't remember like how tired or like out of breath and those sorts of things that you are, I guess you know, at 18 and 21, you just kind of bounce back, right. you know, <laughs> your, your 40 year old body is like, mm, have a seat, honey. This is going to be a little bit. It's like, I don't know what you think you're doing, but yeah. you know, um, well, I'm going to take you through some games right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> have, um, at 28 weeks, we had a little bit of a scare with um, placenta previa. I had a oh. significant bleed that put me in the hospital and Thank God that is all okay and maybe it's fine. But just things like that that didn't have I mean, I felt like at 18 and 21, I was like, this is easy. Like <laughs> right. can do this. I mean, that's what I remember. And so this time go around is definitely not been that. <laughs> right. Well, congratulations. And we are so excited to see pictures of the baby a month, a month from now. Yes. 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 Thank you. Cannot wait. So you've obviously lived a lot of life um, in between, but I know that you're also equally a female entrepreneur, and I really am fascinated by that side of your story too. So tell us a little bit how you started on this venture of entrepreneur. Yes. Okay. So I became a nurse in 2004. Um, I was a single mom, um, you know, throughout most of my twenties and sort of landed in a med spa accidentally. I was working in the ICU for about five years as a nurse and a friend of mine sort of introduced me to the med spa world and got really involved, really loved it. And then I sort of left the med spa and I didn't realize what a clientele I had built until I left because patients were calling me and texting me wanting me to treat them. And I was, you know, I was like, you can't buy this stuff at Target. Like it's, (laughs) (laughs) have you seen good girls? Have you seen good girls? We have to go and steal it from places. (laughs) (laughs) So so sort of at that point that I realized I was like, wow, this is because at that time, I mean, this was like 2007, it was becoming a little less taboo. It's way not taboo now, but back then it was a little taboo. Like you couldn't admit that you got Botox, you know? You so, finally said it, everyone, the B word. Yes. It. <laughs> it's Botox that we're talking about. It is, ladies. It's not a taboo. And now I'm like, I got Botox today, right? Exactly. I'm, <laughs> I'm like, like see, I'm wait to tell all my friends. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So... I'll make a long story short. I was introduced to a plastic surgeon and 
he needed a nurse injector. And so I sort of joined his practice and sort of built a little business out of his office. And then I branched off and, and made my own company, which is BCR Aesthetics. Um, and we really cater to just your everyday female who wants to look and feel their best. I really um, try to stray away from like the big overdone unnatural look. I really want to, you know, keep everything looking natural. You want to look like yourself just to feel like a, you know, the best version of yourself. I love that. So I, I'm 50. I just turned 50 in November and I've had two treatments of Botox. Okay. And one in November and then one, whatever, my first one would have been three months before that. And I tell you, (laughs) and I've said these words to Shelby, I will be homeless and still get Botox. Like (laughs) this is where I am in my life. I had no idea. I have one of my very best friends has been getting Botox since she was probably 29 years old and she looks fantastic. And I would always talk shit like you're the weirdest person ever that you're getting Botox. Uh, why, Why are you getting Botox so young? And, and so for so many years, she talked to me about it. And when I finally went and did it, I just noticed, noticed such a marked difference. And it wasn't, it wasn't so different that anyone even at work knew they were just like, Oh, you just look so, you look so refreshed today. Like you got some really great rest. I was like, you don't look like the haggard bitch you usually do. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. That's how you know your Botox was done right. Oh man. (laughs) So I, I would love to know more about that. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about those treatments. Yeah. So um, Botox um, is probably our most popular treatment that we do. And and I use the word Botox. Botox is actually a brand of neurotoxin. So we offer a couple of different brands, Botox, Dysport, Javot. You may hear the word Xeomin. Um, those are the four on the U.S. market. And they all essentially do the same thing. Some of them you can get a little bit more cost effective and that sort of thing. So some patients like one versus the other, um, but we, we offer most of them. And then of course there's filler, skincare treatments like skin pen. And then we are huge advocates of the proper skin care. So we always tell patients, you know, I, I, I tell them I, I can freeze and plump you all day long, but if you're not happy with your skin on the outside, you know, you're probably not going to be completely happy with what we're doing to, to prevent wrinkles and that sort of thing. So proper skincare at home, like your antioxidants and your sunscreen are so imperative to keep that, you know, kind of anti-aging regimen going. I also always tell my patients, this is a journey. This is you know, not a sprint. There is no one and done. You're going to continue to age no matter what we do. And this is really just to help you along with the process. And, you know, we want to sort of hold your hand through your aesthetic journey. Yeah. I wish we could stop aging. I know. (laughs) But we can't. So because we can't, we have Brie. Right. (laughs) Um, so you rattled off a lot of different sort of treatments that you offer to women and as Trinity sort of said in the beginning, let's hone in on certain treatments and what those treatments can do to serve us as we age and which help us in certain areas. Sure. Absolutely. So we can start with just dermal filler. So 
patients get a little bit nervous about filler because, and rightfully so, because you always notice the bad jobs. Yes. yes. You always notice the ones who are overfilled and have what we call in, in the aesthetic industry, we like to call it pillow face where they're just <laughs> so puffed, right. puffed out or their lips are just bigger right. than their face. And, you know, that's just not necessarily an aesthetically pleasing look for most people. So we really try to steer our patients towards a very natural, just enhancing your own natural beauty. As we age, and this is true for everyone, as we age, we lose volume in our face. Mm -hmm. and the volume depletion happens from bone, skin, muscle, fat in our face. Um, if you gain and lose weight, that can mm -hmm. fluctuate in your face as well. So filler specifically, um, and we only use hyaluronic acid filler because it is dissolvable. So if you ever had a complication or decided you just don't like it, we, it's dissolvable. We can dissolve it out and just take it out. There are other fillers on the market that we can't do that with. In my practice, we just don't carry those fillers. But it really, if you think of a filler, you think of replacing volume loss. So if your lips have gotten smaller as you've aged and they're kind of wrinkly now, we can use lip filler to just kind of plump them up, hydrate them and just make them look, you know, a little bit fuller. So they really don't have to be overdone. They, nobody has to even notice. It just looks like you have like really great lip gloss on. Mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> so filler is probably our second most popular treatment that we do in our office. Okay. So uh, like, like me, I'm, I'm really happy with my forehead now, right? Where the Botox lips. Uh -huh. Um, but like, you see like this, these little, this is where I'm seeing myself age, like down below to the right and left of my lips, these little fat packs. Like, what is this? How do I make all of, how do I make this look like this again without a facelift? So we, we call those the jowls. Um, yes. Sometimes they accentuate what we call the marionette lines. So mm -hmm. the marionette lines kind of come down on the lateral sides of our chin. So a couple of things, one thing would be filler in those marionette lines to just kind of pop out that kind of depletion of volume. Okay. Another treatment that we offer that I really, really love is called Morpheus 8. Mm. And Morpheus 8 is a radio frequency and microneedling device in one. So what that does is it resurfaces the skin with the microneedling, but it has the radio frequency aspect that helps to tighten the skin. So we like to call it like the shrink wrap for the face. Okay. So that would actually help with those jowls to sort of tighten them up and, and tighten the skin all around the mouth um, back up. And, and kind of going back to there is no one and done, we always recommend treatments like that in a series of three for the most optimal results. Okay. And, and here's where I get skeptical though. So if I go get a facelift, right, it's lifted. We're done with that. With these treatments, whatever results I see after the first treatment or the series of three or six treatments, is that permanent? Or is it something that I'm going to have to continue to maintain monthly, quarterly, annually? Right. So that's a great question. And that's a question that we get a lot because these are non-surgical interventions. So these are really more for the patients who are like, I am not going under the knife. 
Yeah. They are not necessarily comparable to a surgical intervention. So I, I'm one of those. I don't want to go under the knife. Yeah. And, and we get a lot of those, you know, that are just like, I'm, I don't want to do the knife. So the, these are your options from a non-surgical standpoint. With something like Morpheus 8 um, or even Skin Pen, which is just the microneedling by itself without the radiofrequency, that is something that you would want to do maybe quarterly, maybe annually. And that would really depend on what your focus is and, um, you know, kind of what you're trying to achieve. I will say I do Skin Pen probably three or four times a year just as a maintenance. Um, I haven't your been skin able- literally is uh, flawless <laughs> by the way I, I haven't you can see her do- she's flawless <laughs> I haven't been able to do any treatments for the last eight months because okay. you can't really do any of these things while you're pregnant so I'm like, so now we know it will last at least eight months <laughs> so yes yeah so consistency is key the more you do it the better off you are but I always tell patients, you know, you're not going to stop aging. Like, right. you know, you're, you're going to do these treatments and you're going to continue aging. But the more um, consistent you are, again, with your home skincare, I can't stress that enough. You know, you don't want to waste your investment on what you're doing in the office by not doing anything to protect your skin at home. As right. Well. So, yeah. So what is your all time favorite product, service, what do you do religiously that you recommend that everybody must run out and do immediately? So I would have to say there's probably two things. Dysport for sure, which is Botox's competitor. I really, really love Dysport. And again, I haven't been able to do it since last May just because of the IVF and pregnancy. So I'm like, oh my gosh, my face hasn't moved this much since 2007. (laughs) (laughs) So I can't wait. That's the first thing I'm going to do when the baby goes out. Um, And then the other would be skin pen. So skin pen is just such a game changer. And I I mentioned Morpheus 8, which is also the the radio frequency and microneedling. Your, our Morpheus 8 is sort of like our skin pen on steroids. It's okay. much stronger, a little more aggressive, but your skin pen by itself is something that you could do quarterly very easily. There's very little downtime and it makes such a significant difference. It really boosts that collagen and elastin production, helps to smooth out fine wrinkles and just really is hands down probably one of my favorite skincare treatments. Mm. What is it? So, so walk us through what our experience would be with that treatment. With skin pen. Mm-hmm. So we would numb your face for about 30 minutes or so. We put a topical numbing agent on you. Um, and I would say the skin pen, you know, everyone is concerned about pain and does it hurt? Of oh, course. How's it going to feel? I would it sounds say- terrifying. Skin <laughs> <laughs> pen truly is not that bad. We do numb you. And I would say the only areas that are a little um, kind of discomforting are like bony prominences, like the forehead or the jawline. But everywhere else, it just feels like a vibration on the skin, especially because you're so numb. Mm-hmm. You're going to be super red when you leave us. Um, We give you some products to use at home for the next two days. And your redness typically lasts about 24 to 48 hours. So do it on a Friday. Yeah. So do it when when you've got a couple of days of downtime. Now you can wear makeup at 24 hours. So if you like had to go somewhere the next day at 24 hours, you can put makeup on and and cover it up pretty good. 
And then you're just kind of dry, very dry skin for about a week. So mm. really nice moisturizer and that sort of thing really helps to speed that kind of healing process along. And you actually see the best results from skin pen at about a month out because it takes collagen about 28 days to form. So okay. that month post skin pen, you just have like that skin pen glow is what we like to call it. So. Okay. And how long does that treatment last for If it, the best results are at 28 days, when do I have to go for another session? So I would say quarterly is probably when, you know, again, you know, some people do it twice a year. Some people do it once a year. It really depends on what you're trying to achieve and your starting point. Like if your baseline is I am 40 years old and never done anything, you're definitely going to need more treatments than someone who started at 25 years old and is now 40 and, you know, wanting to do these treatments. So it really depends on where you're starting what your goal is. And again, you're not going to stop aging, but it, this is truly going to boost that collagen and elastin and, um, you know, promote that anti-aging. Yeah. Right. Reminding us that we're not going to stop aging. Exactly. <laughs> I know. I'm wondering if you can, fit, can you fit that in one, at least one more right. time during the interview? That'd be great. We're feeling yes. awesome. I'm working on it, Brie. I'm working on it. I do want to ask a couple more questions just because a couple of things that you said, I would love to know why your preference for Dysport over Botox. Okay. Yeah. Is there something better about that? So, you know, honestly, I love Dysport because it spreads a little bit further and I feel like it gives you a really nice natural look. Not that you can't achieve that with Botox, but in my experience and practice, I have found that Botox is a much more um, frozen look. So when I have patients who come and say, freeze my face, I want to look like a mannequin. Don't, I don't want to move. Wow. That is really more a Botox um, treatment, in my opinion. Um, Disport had, so Disport is made by a company um, named Galderma. They had a really good promotion a few years back that said, I want to be Holly, not Hollywood. And mm, so I like that. It was just like a very natural relaxation of those muscles that just kind of calms the wrinkles and you still have animation, just the wrinkles don't form with it. I love that. And then the other area, I know I have the jaws you can see here, but also my eyes. We're going to go eyes. get those done together, shall we? We're going to have I a know. We'll have like a party, we'll have cool party. day. We'll do like a follow-up. Yes, honey. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, yeah, the eyes, my crow's feet. And I know I get a little bit of, uh, I, I do the uh, disport as well, but I, I don't know what else will help the crow's feet because I still feel like I get a little bit. Yeah. So sometimes that can be caused by volume loss too. So, mm. you know, filler through this lateral cheek area or even the mid face, um, sometimes just a little bit of filler kind of pops that out a little bit and helps with those crow's feet too. Okay. I got to tell you, I'm scared shitless. I'm scared shitless by filler because I have a girlfriend who used to be so pretty. I haven't told her, I haven't told her these things, so I'm not going to say her name. She used to be so pretty and she went on this filler rampage and her face, like she doesn't even look like herself anymore. I know. And that is, 
something that I think that our industry struggles with a little bit because there are some providers who will not tell a patient no, you know, it's it's like there, there comes a point where you have to tell the patient, no, like you, that you don't need any more of this. You need to be doing this or some, you know, something else X, Y, Z. There's a funny saying that we have in our industry um, that's, you know, don't get high on your own supply because Mm. We have. I, I've heard that. I, I've heard that as well. But and we we take it to the streets in my culture with that one. Right. <laughs> Street pharmaceuticals. We just have such access to all of these things. So um, I can tell you when you are researching your provider and and deciding on. And we have so many great providers in Houston. I will say. Um, but when you're researching them, it's important to find out their credentialing, what kind of mm. training they've had, make sure that they're doing like continuing education because we are, this industry especially is evolving rapidly, constantly. And, you know, you can have a safe bet that whatever your provider looks like is their aesthetic eye. And that's what you're going to, to receive. That's a great tip. Yes. So what sort of credentialing do we need to be looking for, Brie? These are prescriptive medications. They are required to be prescribed by a practitioner. So in our office specifically, we have four nurse practitioners who prescribe the medication. But I would say um, when you're looking for a provider, I would say a registered nurse at minimum nurse practitioner, physician associate, or a medical doctor is really who you're going to want to be performing these treatments on you. Now, things for like skin care, hydrofacials, and even skin pen, I think a, a really well-versed esthetician is, is good. But for all injectables, prescriptive medications going into your face need to be um, a registered nurse or higher. Thank One you. moment while she Googles the place she goes right. to her Botox. <laughs> and make sure. Seriously, because I've thought every time they're coming towards my eyebrow with the needle, I'm like, you look like you're about 16. Do you have your driver's license? Am I sure I've made the right choice today? I question this every single time. So, yes. Yeah, while so we're talking, I'm going to look it up. This is a key, key tip, obviously, that we want to take away. And I think that, you know, a lot of times people don't realize these sorts of complications that can happen with these products. Mm. Yes. Um, so you it definitely want to have someone who is versed in complications and knows how to handle complications. Um, you know, it is medicine and, and things can happen. You could be allergic to something or, you know. We take a very, very thorough medical history on all of our patients just to make sure that we're not doing anything that could cause harm. Yeah. So what what are some of the complications that people might need to know about if they're considering going and taking yeah, care so of these patients? I would say the biggest um, complication that we worry about with dermal filler is what we call vascular occlusion. And that is actually where the filler is placed into a vessel and blocks the blood flow. Mm -hmm. So um, it's very important that your injector knows their anatomy and knows where the vessels lie in the face. 
Um, my practice, we do cadaver labs every year to sort of practice on cadavers to map out the face and know where certain arteries are and where certain veins are. It's just important for an injector to know those things. Vascular occlusion is something that is totally reversible and fixable if it is caught in time. So that is the main thing is that these injectors need to know what to look for, the signs and symptoms, and need to prepare the patient for, listen, if you go home and you have a bruise that's as black as my shirt, I, I need to know about it. Mm-hmm. So how do you, I mean, how do you ask the questions, right? Right. I mean, excuse me, ma'am. Can you tell me about the anatomy in the face? I need to understand. Can point out, I mean, what do I say, right? I, I don't want to say, I wouldn't know if they're telling the truth or not. What sorts of things do we ask them? I think it's important. I think it's fair to ask them their credentials, ask them, you know, how they trained for doing what they do, where they've trained, how long they've been doing this. I think that those are all fair questions. And I think any reputable injector would have no problem answering that. In fact, they might be like, oh yeah, let me tell you about my training, you know, that sort of thing. Okay, great. Thank you. Yeah. And then tell us about, you know, I have a friend who's been getting filler, I think for a long time, and I feel like her whole facial structure has, I feel like it's changed. So tell us what are some of the long-term impacts of, you know, using these neurotoxins? Yeah, I think the biggest thing that we see with long-term use is overfilling. Mm. And that is something that you as a patient and your injector, you know, you've got to have, you have to come to terms when somebody has had too much. And it may be a point where it's like, okay, let's, let's start pulling some of it out, which goes back to why we only use the hyaluronic acid fillers, which are dissolvable and I can reverse them. So if it comes to a point, I think we see this most often with lips when someone has been getting lip filler for years and years and years and years, sometimes it migrates up into kind of this white area of the lip and or it was just placed inappropriately, but we just dissolve it out and start over. I will say, um, you know, for myself personally, in 2018, I had one of my colleagues dissolve out my lip filler completely. And we started over and it was the best thing I ever did. I mean, I've been doing filler since 2007. It was like, we have better fillers now. You have great <laughs> lips. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I mean, they're great. Swollen from pregnancy. So. <laughs> but, but yeah, it was the best thing that I did because, you know, we have better fillers now. We have be- better techniques now than we did. You know, everything just evolves. And so starting over is not necessarily, you know, a bad thing. Sometimes it's like, let's, let's start this over and get back to a more natural look. Okay. So I know if I do the needling stuff, it's gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm walking away red and then I'm going to be dry. And then a month later, I'm going to be like, finally, I look good. Right. (laughs) How quickly am I going to see the results from a fill, a fill filler? Yeah, that's a great question. So filler is kind of instant gratification, what we love, Mm. minus that you're going to be a little bit swollen and there's always a possibility of bruising. So filler is not something that you want to do if you have a wedding to go to on Saturday. You want to give yourself about a week to two weeks to kind of for everything to settle. Um, 
A lot of our fillers are what we call hydrophilic, so they can pull water in, which causes swelling. Um, so I would say the swelling is probably the biggest part to just kind of be mindful of. And then depending on the area, some areas bruise more easily than others. Are there places people do filling other than their face? Um, there, there is. Now, in our office, we only do the face and neck, but there are... There, there are buttocks fillers and things like that that people oh. use some products off label for. Yeah, mm-hmm. nothing um, that is actually FDA approved, but a lot of things are used off label in our industry. Got I'm it. Pretty sure the last thing I need is buttocks filler. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I've seen some pretty juicy booties that look good, honey. You know, you know, I have a booty fetish. I do want to know, though, because you keep saying the hyaluronic filler does dissolve. Does it actually dissolve over time? Because then you're also equally saying that you have to flush it out. So does it just build up or how does that work? So it does. It does sort of dissolve over time. So our body produces hyaluronidase, which is the antidote to hyaluronic acid. So so we produce both hyaluronic acid and hyaluronidase naturally. Um, As we age, we produce less hyaluronic acid, which is a lot of what we see with the volume loss as well. So when we put a hyaluronic acid filler back in, that sort of pumps you back up, gives you some more volume. And over time, that hyaluronic acid breaks down just like your natural hyaluronic acid and starts to go away. But what we have found in the last few years, they've done a lot of like MRI studies on this in the last couple of years, which is super interesting is that the hyaluronic acid filler that, you know, I I use the lips a lot as an example because it's the area that we see the most that needs to be dissolved. You know, six years later, the MRI shows that there's still a little bit of hyaluronic acid filler in there. So it doesn't break down completely. And so I get the question a lot, like how long is this lip filler going to last? And Everyone is a little bit different. Everyone's metabolism is a little bit different, but it's really going to last you as long as you're going to keep up with it. So it's not, it is not forever, but once you kind of get to the volume that you're wanting and you're like, this is a great volume, then I really wouldn't mess with it for, you know, maybe once a year, maybe once every two years, Um, you know, just to keep that, that natural appearance. Okay, great. So I think one of the questions that might be weighing on our audience's mind is what does all of this cost? (laughs) So on average, if we were talking about like, I think the three things that we mentioned, the Botox or Dysport, the um, fillers and the skin pin, what kind of cost ranges are we looking for? Absolutely. So a good rule of thumb is to, to price it per decade. So, and this is just kind of an easy way for us to give you like a roundabout estimate. It's really hard for me to give anybody an estimate without seeing them and seeing what their needs are, what their goals are, et cetera. So if you're in your twenties, you know, you're probably looking at 250 to $500 worth of disorder Botox. In your 20s, you probably need one to two syringes of filler, and it sort of goes up from there. So in your 30s, you might need three syringes of filler. In your 40s, you might need four syringes of filler. And filler, in our practice, filler starts at 750 a syringe. But we, um, 
actually sell our filler more in packages of area. So we know that for like your mid-face cheek area, nobody's getting away with one syringe in that area. It's just not possible. So we sell it as a package of two syringes minimum. So got it. And then skin pen, skin pen is $375 per session. And then again, we, we really recommend a series of three for things like that. So if you purchased it in a package of three, then there's a discount involved. So Okay. Great. And then with that series of three, how, how much time in between the um, services do I need? About wait? four to six weeks. Okay. Yeah. Wonderful. Shelby, I think I'm going to fly down to Houston. Yes. And he is in Tacoma. Yeah. Yes. I didn't realize that you weren't in Houston. Trinity. I know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that's what I'm going to do because I have trust issues. Wait, I have trust issues. So I would love to try the fillers. I would love to do these things, but yeah. I love that you are a nurse. It makes me feel so much more confident. Yes. Well, I would be so happy to see you. Yes. Yes. You'll have to tell us when you're back. I know baby's on the way and that you're taking things easy these days, mm -hmm. but we would love to visit with you. I know um, I met Bree through a friend of mine who actually was working at Galderma and that whole thing just happened so fast. And he just set me up with Bree and I haven't looked back since. And she's just been <laughs> a complete joy um, okay. and has given me very candid advice. <laughs> and uh I definitely need to make it back to your office probably before the baby is here, to be honest. Right. But as soon as the baby is here and you're back at work, let us know and we'll definitely come see you together. Absolutely. And then for everyone who's listening to us, then we'll be able to like really break it down the before and after, like yeah. where are Trinity's jowls now? That's yes. the thing, so. We'll do a before and after picture for our, yes. all of our audience to see so you can make us beautiful. Love and it. then we're, we, I know that you have two locations. Tell us where everyone can find you. So I currently have two locations. One is um, sort of the Upper Kirby West University-ish area. And then one is more the Eldridge um, Energy Corridor area. We call it Memorial West. So both in Houston, just sort of on opposite sides of Houston. You can find the phone number and addresses at our website, which is bcranesthetics.com. We post lots of things on social media, um, lots of before and afters, lots of intertreatments and, you know, kind of try to explain the process as best as we can on there. So I love yeah. it. And one more time, your website more slowly. Sure. <laughs> it is bcrnaesthetics.com, which is spelled with an A, A-E-S-T-H-E-T-I-C-S. Thank you. Yes. And get on their mailing list, all of you listeners, because they have great discounts coming through the mail all the time. Nice. Yes. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing your beauty tips with us and secrets and good luck with the baby. We're so excited for you. Thank you for having me. This was great. And I will be sure to post lots of pictures of the baby when he comes. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. It all goes thank you. Bye. Bye, Bye. now. Thank you so much to our guest today, Brie Collins with BCRN Aesthetics, who shared with us her best practices for using injectable services to look and feel our best in midlife. Here are some of the few tips that she shared with us to ensure we get the most out of these experiences. 
Number one, ensure that your provider is licensed and credentialed as either a registered nurse, nurse practitioner, physician's associate, or medical doctor when receiving injections. Two, you can ask for their credentials, how they have trained, where they have trained, and how long they've been in practice to ensure that you're receiving the best services possible. Three, note what your provider looks like. This is their aesthetic eye, and that can be the service that you would expect to receive in return. Four, be well-versed on what could be the possible complications prior to receiving treatment, and discuss these with your practitioner. Five, you can estimate the price of these types of services relative to your decade. For example, if you're in your 20s, you might estimate that the cost of Botox or Dysport should be around $250. In your 30s, it could be around $350 and so on. If you're in your 20s, you may require two syringes of filler. In your 30s, three syringes of filler. In your 40s, four syringes of filler and so on. Filler or BCR anesthetic starts at $750 per syringe, but she also notes that services are often bundled and sometimes discounts are applied. You can find Brie in Houston in two locations. She has offices in the Energy Corridor and also off 59 North near downtown Houston. If you'd like to reach her, you can go to her website at bcrnesthetics.com. We'd also like to give a big congratulations to Brie and her family. Since this podcast was recorded, baby Cash was born. Mother, baby, and family are all healthy and well and welcoming into their life all the love and joy a new baby brings. Congratulations, Brie, and thanks for your time.